When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Giant Take Podcast. My name is Josh, and I'm joined by my friend and my co-host, Alex. The first episode in another week or so. I know I, I want to apologize because we've been super busy at school uh, with tests and projects, just all of the above. It's been a very busy few weeks. Luckily, this is at a time where the NFL, or at least the New York Giants, have a dead period. If we were in the position of the Kansas City Chiefs, this time period would be super bad to have a lot of work. But luckily, we're doing okay. Uh, And so we're back now, and we're going to be back on Monday, and I'll get back to that in a little bit. But first of all, before I do all of that, Alex, my friend, my co-host, how are we doing on this Thursday evening? I'm doing good. Um, You know, it's been a long week, even though it's been a short week because of President's Day. But yeah, I'm I'm doing good. And you know, slow season for Giants, but Short combine week next week. Um, yeah, I forgot about that. Um, combine. Not next everyone week. has off on Monday. All right, only weirdos don't have off on Monday. But um, so yeah. you're just basically a, like insulting the entire workforce of the United States. No, I'm just insulting you, actually. Well, uh, you said only weird no, people. All right, only weird people who go to Syracuse, whose name is Josh. And live in whatever your dorm is are weirdos. All right? How about that? Is that better? That don't get off for President's Day. Any any Josh at Syracuse who's a co-host on the Giant Take podcast and doesn't have off. There you go. There you go. Before exposing my longitude and latitude that you almost slipped up and did there. It's all good. I don't Uh, don't know the name of your dorm, so it wasn't going to happen anyway. Doesn't matter. Um, But we are here after now now episode 301 of the Giant Take podcast. And- as you can tell from the title, that's basically our episode. A special interview with Talking Giants' Bobby Skinner. Had him on the show before. He's a friend of ours. It was a great talk, as Alex, I'm sure, will, you know, he would agree with me on that. And we're going to send that uh, to you in just a couple moments. But first, I want to touch on one big thing that we didn't do because we didn't have it totaled up last week. The NFL picks. That was a voice crack. The NFL picks, uh, 23-24 edition, the final, who wins it, who lost it. And uh, we had an insane finish this year. Coming in with 149 wins was Alex. Coming in second with 148 wins was (laughs) myself. One win shy of a tie how bad would that have been two wins shy of a w i come in second with if two games slipped my way throughout the entire season we could have been talking differently but they didn't and that's how it goes that is our closest finish by the way i think alex in like the three years we've done this 
absolutely yeah. absurd when I was calculating the total amount of wins that we had that sort of ending, right? I mean, that's crazy. It is crazy. Like any of those games, a kick return touchdown, like for the Jets in week one, like any of those, any of those games. And obviously uh, we don't update. That's the whole thing about the picks. We don't know what it is throughout the entire season. So we had, we had no idea that it was coming down to the wire like this. When I, like that, our playoff picks mattered so much. Think yeah. about that. The Super Bowl mattered so much. We both got that wrong because we didn't want the Chiefs to win, right? Yeah. The conference championship didn't want the Chiefs to like look, you know, those games could have flipped, you know, other other ways. Um yeah. but it is what it is, and here we are. And I want to talk about so I say here we are, I wanna just touch on what's gonna happen next. So I mentioned Monday. So before we throw it to our interview, if you haven't listened or watched already, go listen or watch our top. It's on YouTube, it's also on your you know, podcast platforms that you're listening to this right now. Uh, our top quarterbacks in the 2024 NFL draft, our prospects, we rank them one through six, and uh, you can go check that out. The next position group on that list is wide receivers, and that list will be coming to you on Monday, wherever you get the giant take, and then I'm sure that I will edit and post that on YouTube as well. All right, that's about it from us. Uh, I do want to give some plugs. If you enjoyed this interview, Please hit that subscribe button. Follow us on our social media platforms at the Giant Take Pod. Alex on Twitter at Anorian23. I'm on Twitter at Josholo29. And yeah, the last thing I have for you is uh, if you want to watch the interview, feel free to do that. It'll be on the Talking, or almost said the Talking Giants YouTube channel. Check that out too. But the Giant Take YouTube channel if you want to watch this interview or just sit back, relax, and listen to it wherever you're listening right now. Uh, Alex isn't going to say anything unless he really wants to. Do you have no, anything else I'm to say? I'm good. Interview was you're a lot of fun. Him. Don't worry. You're going to hear him a lot in the interview. It's oh, okay. I yap. Don't worry. <laughs> Enjoy. All right. We are back now with a recurring, very special guest here on this episode of the Giant Take podcast, Bobby Skinner. So great to talk to you again, men from Talking Giants. Bobby, how's it going tonight? How you doing? Good. It was the last time I saw you guys when security came up and accosted you guys for recording videos at training camp. The one day I didn't go. It was the one day I didn't go. It was Alex. Alex was there, and I get a text from him like, they found us. I don't know how, but they found us. <laughs> they got us. I was like, what do you mean? Because I, I forget what I... Maybe I was working that day or something, but I wasn't able to go, and I was like, you're lying. There's no way. Were they looking for Bobby and Justin or something? Because obviously... You know, we we sit together during those days of, of training camp over the summers. I'm like, nah, they got the wrong people. What is going on? Here? Yeah, they you, got the you wrong guys guy. are giving us a bad rap because we went through that <laughs> the year before. And yeah. obviously, like, you know, and they they gave us a lot of shit about it. Yeah. And yeah. then so I I knowing the Giants, I know that they're probably paranoid. We're like, oh, these are just Bobby and Justin, you know, having these two people do it. Look, they're sitting right next to them and they're doing We're it. We're the goons. A different age. <laughs> we're the yeah. goons for the goons. Guys. Yeah. The job boy media yeah. goons. Um, yeah. But as you know, you know, you've been on the show before. The first thing I have to start with, and it's Giants off season. We're sitting here in February, so we're allowed to get a little sidetrack. I warned Alex about this beforehand. It's going to happen again. Jacques Vaughn oh, fired. <laughs> you know what's going on. exactly where we were going. Jacques Vaughn fired. Nets are in shambles. Bobby, how are we feeling about the Brooklyn Nets right now in February? Sadly, it's... It's honestly the worst I've ever felt about them. And I survived a 12-70 and 70 Nets team. A, a team that won 12 wins in an 82-game season. I, like, 
enjoy that team more than I do now. I feel like we're in disarray. I know the Coke family is maybe buying in with yeah. the Nets and people are talking about the moral dilemma and stuff with that. But I, I just want anyone besides Joe Sy owning the majority of the team. So anything that can get us close uh, to Joe Sy being gone is a is it's a, a minority is stake welcome. though, right? Is what I heard. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I know. Yeah. But if we if that can eventually grow into something else, and Joe Sy Joe Sy uh, selling the team would be wonderful. It's another trade deadline where Ben Simmons is still on my team. Unfortunately, we did. I do football today with Chris Rose, and he did like a little prompt of like, "Which NBA player would you like to see play in the NFL?" My answer was Ben Simmons, so he wouldn't be on the Nets, and then Kyrie Irving, uh, so he, I could see him get lit up for destroying the Nets. <laughs> I, I, it's never been it's never been worse, but the, I do find joy in the fact that the Knicks. I like that the Knicks are good. Because I know when that eventual second round loss comes, it'll be so painful, and I can at least find pain. I can at least find some joy in that. Well, yeah. listen. Right now, as we're recording this on Thursday night, it is currently one nineteen to eighty five. The Raptors, who somehow have a worse record than you guys, are still winning by forty points. So I'll it's, say, oh, it's Kevin also, Ollie, it's his first game. It's adjustments, you know. It's, well, it's my boy, my boy IQ is dropping twenty five on you guys, so I'm proud of him. Miss him. Miss you, Emmanuel, quickly. Yeah. I just want you to know if you're listening. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, okay. Let's actually get into the, to the nitty-gritty of the No giant. one cares about the Nets, uh, even their fans. Though I do, because I love making fun of you guys for it. It's great. Knicks Especially fans are the Knicks only are ones who care about the Nets. It. The Knicks I, fans are the only people who care about the Nets. They care about the Nets more than Nets fans care about the Nets. You know, I was, Honestly, at this point. I was actually listening to WFAN uh, yesterday or two days ago, uh, Boomer and Gio, and they were talking about, like, which coaching, like, uh, in, in New York sports was the – because it was the day Jacques Vaughn got fired. So what was that, two days ago now? So I guess yeah. it, was, it was two days ago? Yeah, it was, no, it was on – yeah, it was on Monday. So three days ago. So they were saying, like – in the 2010s era, which one has been the worst? And they were going through all of them. They were like, was it Adam it's Gaze with the Ron. Jets? Was it, you know, like McAdoo with the Giants? But they were like, no, you had a good season. Like Gaze didn't do well. Like what they were talking about Mets managers. They were like Jacques Vaughn, David Fisdale with the Knicks. Like New York sports teams have had pretty rough coaches in the past 10 years. Like it's been bad. Um, okay. Joe Judge. Anyway. Yeah. Jo- jo- Joe Judge. I think it might be. I would say Adam Gase. It has. That's to be what Adam they Gase. said. That's what they said. It has yeah. to be. He's so they also bad. said because he he was a very odd guy too. So like nothing he ever said in press conferences kind of they all it all threw people off. You know he was never really kind of straight to the point. But well, anyway, just his first press conference, his eyes were swimming. It yeah, was, right. <laughs> that was the whole thing. Was the whole yeah, the meme, <laughs> the meme nice that came tone. from that. Um, like that. So. I feel like the same thing we talked about last offseason, the first bullet point there is the same first bullet point again because it's still in uh, you know in play and a factor for this team and that's Saquon Barkley's future with the Giants. What would you say is, I, I wrote down here, what is your hopes versus reality with the Saquon Barkley situation? Well, I don't have any hopes because the hope means that it's over, right? And as much as like I think that's the right decision, it's, um, it's not fun to see a good player. It's like, okay, this his time here should be done, you know. And it's, and it's not because he's not a good player or he's riding off into the sunset. It's just time. I think it's really time for these two sides to move off of each other. The Giants just didn't. They, three of the last four years, the Giants have had not had a good running game uh, with Saquon Barkley. One year he tore his ACL, was they're out, you know, and then the next year was really bad coming off that. Was good in twenty twenty two, and this bash, ba- this last year. 
the Giants' running game is really bad, and I don't think it's because Saquon's a bad player. I think Saquon's a good player, but he's not what he once was in creating the explosives and making uh, you know something out of nothing like he did. Right now, he's just kind of you know falling forward and getting that extra one to you know to a dirty yard, which is good running back play. But I just don't think the Giants can continue to invest in running back when it's not what's going to make your running game better. Uh, and the fact that we're heading, it's year seven, right? At some point, this has to end. The Giants are not close to Super Bowl, and I just don't think the luxury of playing a running back who's shown decline going into year seven is a smart decision for them. But I have also used the line that I just don't think these two sides can quit each other. And I, w- I kind of am expecting him to be back, even though there's been no real, like, smoke of like contract have, have there hadn't been any rumors of contract negotiations at all yet like we haven't really had that so maybe, not really now maybe he actually is gone but it's just the fact that at the trade deadline like a week before they say they say publicly that there are not trading him that they're not answering the phone on that made you think that he would be back but at this point we you know there's been no evidence that that, that there's been effort from either side to make that happen You know what I've been thinking about? We're going to talk about this a little bit later with Xavier McKinney because that's been rumored. Could they use the transition tag on Saquon Barkley? Is that like, you know, because I feel like what the real issue is, is that Saquon Barkley, I think, has this idea that he's going to get a lot more money elsewhere, which I'm not necessarily sure is the case. So could that be like a possible tool? I don't know if you know this, Bobby, but is that is there something that the Giants like for some reason can't use that on him or why they aren't they could but i i wanted if i were them now to saquon barkley's credit the guy showed up the training i mean he didn't miss he didn't even miss report day of training camp you know and he didn't get like his incentives were bullshit like they were to get more in every category than he did in 2022 and you'd and, and not only get to those marks but plus make the playoffs in each of those. so he basically came in on the franchise tag didn't even miss report day of training camp the transition tag kind of sounds good in theory you know, but in reality, it makes it hard for that player to negotiate because teams don't want to waste their time going after a player if they think that the team that put the tag on him is just going to match it anyway. So it, it it makes it tough for that player in negotiations. We've only this if someone is transition tagged this year, it'd only be the fourth time it's happened in ten years, uh, and be the first time since Kenyon Drake. So they could, but I, I don't think that would that would happen. And now with McKinney, I could see them maybe possibly doing. They floated it out there through Paul Schwartz. Uh, you know, I don't know if that's a negotiating tactic, but for that, it's like McKinney's side may be more cutthroat than realistic. Right? I do think Saquon actually would take like a realistic deal this year, coming off the season that he had? But I don't know if the Giants are willing to offer that. Well, listen, I I want to go from like negative news because it seems like we're very pessimistic all three of us about like the Saquon Barkley situation but at least something we can look forward to in the future for the Giants is the draft and I want to ask you specifically about a event you were at which is the 2024 Senior Bowl and by the way uh, I speak for Alex and I definitely speak for myself we love your guys's coverage thank you for giving us coverage of the Senior Bowl so that was a great time watching all the interviews and uh, you know certain events on Twitter helped us cover it way better than uh we possibly could have, you know, not being able to go to Alabama for that. Uh, we, I wanted to ask you whether you have a favorite moment, like a singular one, or were there favorite moments from the Senior Bowl that that you want to talk about? 
my favorite moment was Christian Haynes, the guard from UConn, who I had already liked at that point. And he finishes a rep and gives a little extra shove to the defensive lineman. Uh, I think his name is Jordan Jefferson out of LSU. And he gets mad and rips Christian Haynes' helmet off and throws it. And Haynes just stares at him and says, if you're scared, go to church. If you're scared, go to church. So that was my favorite moment because that was like my guy down there. And then he has, you know, that type of moment, which was pretty good. And he was just kicking ass in one-on-one. So where the point is like, okay, I, I just flat out want this guy, Christian Haynes from UConn. So that, that was probably my favorite moment. But uh, favorite moment is just being down there. I love Mobile, Alabama. I like getting down there with, you know, Justin and Grump. I'm just talking ball for a few days. It's always uh, a good time. Will always be an all-time classic memory for me. By the way, is watching you all on the couch. Uh, what was that? 2022, when you guys? Yeah, were that was a, that was a Simple the, Man the Radio, Simple Man episode, Radio right? episode. That was one of the best listens. Like the the mo- I think the most I might have like cracked up ever listening to a podcast episode was that episode. That was we had hilarious. we had that was a lot of fun. That was that, so I, funny. I think that's still a pinned tweet on Simple Man Radio. We, we started doing our new NASCAR podcast on that channel. So it's been popping up a little bit more. Yeah, that was so funny. I mean, do you, I mean, here's like a kind of a side question, but as you guys obviously are growing and stuff like that, you know, stuff's getting more professional. Do you ever miss that kind of like, you know, when things were a little bit more, I don't want to say like easy lax. going and less, less Maybe structured. Like lax, yeah, more yeah. lax. Do you miss that or like? definitely i'm i mean i like to remember like all the fun even times when it was like a pain in the ass right and it was shit was hard uh, i i kind of like to look back at like i know some people look back at like the hard times and they're like man that sucked look where we are now i kind of look back at that with fondness right it's like man we were fucking putting in work um yeah, there is. So there's like my my favorite episode of Talking Giants was our Dolphins preview in 2019, where it was just me and Danny, and it was when I went to New York City and I we stayed in the Bronx, and I, I don't want I don't give the whole story, but I was just like, it was like the most fed up I had been uh, doing podcasting. It was like now if we did that, people would lose their mind. Like it was a waste of an episode. So, um, yeah. So I, I think as the more as like John Boy Media becomes a business and stuff, there's more corporate and stuff action. It's like, oh, you got to go through this process and this process. Uh, but uh, I mean, we're still having fun now and trying to, you know, be be a little more relaxed. I think I don't fly off on Twitter as much as I used to. <laughs> it's probably the big, it's probably the biggest change I've made. It was like I just I just kind of tweet and 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 I feel bad sometimes because I'll sometimes I'll look back and I'm like, oh, I wish I would have replied to that person, but it was you know, a day ago at this point where before I would, but, um, <laughs> you can get, to, here, we, go ahead. We go can ahead. still do single man radio. It's just, yeah, of course the, the, the dedication to it is like the part that I, we don't really have the time for right now. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say, I mean, the, the popularity standards are there to where, you know, there's a talking giants or a Bobby Skinner response. And next thing you know, we have a barstool sports blog of Bobby Skinner says this, you know, in a, in a talking giants response or something like that. Uh, but no, I, I think also what you, what you can say is like, you look back on the, uh, on the old times with fondness, but also you look to the new and you know, the, the opportunities that I know, I know you guys have gotten to go to the senior ball, but you know, interviewing top quality prospects, you know, at that, but not even just one, like multiple players. I think that's something also like you know, as the company grows, just getting the opportunities like that is, you know, slim to none. It's, it's super cool. So, yeah. And that stuff got brought to us, which was really cool. And I think even more so than the interviews is like, they have like this little separated section within the stadium 
where it was um, us and probably like six other media outlets where it's like we got to hook up the internet there. We were able to live stream. We were able to do everything there. Had our own like little camp. And we were actually set up right next to the Giants, which the Giants, again, our relationship with them is a little weird where it's like they know that we're real, but they also just kind of have this old school mindset of like we're a fan blog, which we are, right? But it's like, okay, but we, you know, we, we do pretty well. I feel like I'm patting myself on the back a little too much, but it was very funny because they set us up right next to the actual Giants uh, setup, which was like, "Hey, how are you guys doing?" You know, uh, which was which was fun. But we got, we got down there, we talked to people, had a good time. Um, so yeah, that was the cool thing. Is like, and I actually I need to write down on my list. I need to send them a, a thank you email for hooking it up for us this year. I've been meaning to do that. So thanks for reminding me. I mean, a lot of, you know, obviously a lot of talented players at the Senior Bowl. This year in particular, though, we had a lot of high-end, I guess, not the highest end, but some high-end QBs, um, obviously with Penix, um, with Bo Nix. What did you see from those guys? And also just, I guess, in addition, this whole QB class. I know lots of Giants fans are really excited about the class because they're hoping, hey, we can get a new franchise QB, which obviously we're not sure if the Giants are really in that market yet, but what did you see from those two guys specifically and and I guess how they compared to the rest of the pack? Penix looks solid. Um, you know, he didn't do anything that totally wowed you, but he did have some good plays. You know, you didn't you didn't see much bad from Penix. There was a miss here or there, but but nothing bad, but you didn't see a ton of wow either. And then Bo Nix, I was I was not impressed with. I thought the first two days were like had some real struggles and didn't look comfortable out there. And the third day looked good, but a lot of that stuff was on air too. So, like, obviously both those guys can make some really nice throws and some tight throws. But Nick's, to me, look unsettled um, and and inaccurate at times too. So, I, I liked Penix more than I did Nick's down there. But I didn't, you know, so, since we've been down there for, uh, I think this was my fourth year down there. Because what year was Mac Jones drafted? 2021. So, yeah. So, this was my fourth year down there. And we got to like compare, like, hey, how did these QBs do down here? And I think Mac Jones was number one in 2021 for me. Malik Willis was number two. And then Penix was probably like the third guy watched from like a down in, down out basis uh, there. And, you know, obviously you guys were able to interview the the former Husky too, which probably was pretty cool. Um, I liked interviewing him, right? Yeah. Player interviews can suck sometimes because yeah. like you're just, you're dying for them to give you a good answer. And, you know, you don't have any prior relationship or anything, uh, which is like something with the Talking Giants podcast is like when we do player interviews, we like to have at least at least have them like have an idea of who we are. Uh, but those guys are just walking into a blind. So you're trying to have a little fun. So Penix was good, man. He gave some really good football answers. So he was my favorite interview to do down there. And really? Justin was able to mess with him about his last name a little bit, too. <laughs> Um, so one position, the one position group we've done so far for our draft research, you know, we, we'll rank them every year. We, we've only done quarterback so far. That's why we're bringing it up. Do you have a favorite in this year's draft thus far throughout your research? So I need to do full like evaluations on them. But what I, my way of not doing that, but having opinions on them is I've been watching all of their players on offense you know, because those are going to be quicker for me. Quarterbacks going to take like a full day going through all these games. I've been watching like the Widers here from North Carolina or UCLA playing uh, USC um, type of stuff. 
I'd say Caleb, like it's Caleb Williams is probably the number one, right? Like you see shit there and there's, there's mistakes and stuff, but you just see so much greatness and amazing throws. And then Drake may too, man. I, I really, really like Drake may, uh, you know, I, I was just, I was watching De- Devontae Walker, his wide receiver. And I'm just like, man, play after play. Like you're, you're threading the needle. You're making, yeah, yeah. watch, throws, watch the working, game against this team work. right here. It was a Syracuse. Great, great, yeah. They, Destroyed did he kick us. ass in that game? They or destroyed us. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, take a look. Um, um, so, I, I like him. And then I watched Jaden Daniels in the middle of the season, only broadcast. And and I guess I've seen some all 22 of him, too. You see amazing stuff, right? Like, there's flaws and there's questions of, like, that LSU offense, man, they just kind of run and gun. And he had the arm to do it and he had the legs. But, uh, so, th- I mean, those three to me are are the top three after just watching them casually i would go caleb drake jade i know it's, i know it's chalk and boring but that's that's probably the way i view it and then you would probably go uh, after that you think you you'd go Penix for i'm guessing i haven't watched mccarthy oh uh, yeah that's um, true I right. after, mccarthy so is go- rising in fan opinion for sure now recently. yeah so I, i've seen highlights of mccarthy and none of them really make me Screen. Oh man, yeah. we gotta get this guy. Well, I mean, Knicks. also too, it's not like you were talking about when they went on their their run. Michigan did. It wasn't like JJ McCarthy's Michigan, right? Like there there wasn't yeah. that like like Patrick Mahomes's Chiefs. You know what I'm saying? Like the, his name was not stuck in front of of that Michigan team. It was kind of all their players around and their defense, especially. So, um, I've heard people describe him as a project, but it's yeah. like if you're a project, I want to see some highlight plays, and I right. haven't seen these. Cor- like I've seen good highlights, right? Like they're obviously good throws and stuff, but but I haven't watched McCarthy more than highlights on social media. So I would go Penix, and then Bo Nix. But I'll, I, you know, at the same time, I, I've watched one broadcast game and then three senior bowl practices of those two either. So, but but even watching, like to me, there's clearly three guys who have top five ability and that's that's Caleb May and and, and Jaden Daniels I, I definitely don't think Knicks or Penix have that and then like you like I said I haven't really I don't have an opinion on JJ McCarthy quite yet yeah I like I liked what Alex and then Alex I know you want to say something I liked how when Alex talked about uh especially Caleb Williams he said like it's it's like that it factor is the way he kind of referred to it and that's something that Williams has that only very few quarterbacks have uh some of them are one of the top tier players like in the NFL of a Patrick Mahomes. So anyway, go ahead, Alex. Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, this is kind of a transition here, but say the Giants draft a QB or like when Joe Shane's looking first round, right? Does he maybe get this sense in his head? And I've been thinking about this. If I draft a QB, I've got a longer leash here. I've got more, I've got more time because say I'm going into this season with a rookie QB and we only win seven games you know, that's not so bad because we had the rookie QB and that's my excuse and I keep my job. Whereas if he sticks with Daniel Jones, and they win seven games. He might be out of here uh, if they draft someone like, um, you know, I have no idea. And, and basically any non-QB player, I, I think at this point. I, I know that it's impossible for these guys to operate not thinking about job security, but I, I wish for the betterment of the team that, like, if Joe Shane just became the GM right now, Daniel Jones is the same under contract, all that stuff. I I would hope that he would address this offseason the exact same way. Um, and you know, if they want to like if they want to trade it for one of those top three guys, go go do it. But the idea of like them taking a quarterback in the second round, to me, I I hate that. Right? Like I feel like that's go that's get your not guy. How you build a sustained 
winner. And like you said, I I do th- I think it would be like, oh, we well, we gotta we gotta extend our leash a little bit. And signing Mitchell Trubisky as a backup to Daniel Jones is not the way to do that. So I hope that if they really want to get a quarterback, that it's a trade up to get one of those three guys, and not simply settling for the sake of what well, we we just need to get a new quarterback in here. Uh, I I don't want to like beat a dead horse or anything, but I feel like we can't talk about the GM without talking about the coach. So along Alex's lines, like same thing, six or seven wins of the year. Like what's the threshold where it's like we Mara looks at Brian Dable's future beyond next season. Uh, How many wins would you say that is? I don't think it's necessarily about just wins because I think they'll win six or seven games most likely, but it's just, the relationship stuff and the dealing with people in the day to day. Does Brian Dable make real efforts to fix that? Which I think he's capable of, right? Like the, early in his career as a coordinator, he was a, like, like there's a story about Colt McCoy in Cleveland, and he had to like take his helmet off at times because he couldn't he couldn't call a play in practice because Dable was just ripping into his ear the entire time. And there was when the Giants hired him, there were stories in the athletic about how like Derek Anderson talked about how much he changed because, you know, Derek Anderson was with him in Cleveland and then a little bit in Buffalo and how he how much he had changed treating players. Well, he had issues with Wink and Wink is a lot to blame with that, too, had issues with Kafka and, and then some other, you know, lower level guys. Does he make real effort to change that stuff? Because if that's the case and there's the boats aren't being rocked and you don't have guys wanting to be gone, then, then I, I, I mean, I think Shane and Dable should realistically get a year four. Like it would have to get, re- to me, it's not about like oh they need to get this many wins. It's like you got to not have three losses, or or sorry, have you know three wins and a total meltdown and guys going at each other for this to not get a year four because I just lose don't... the locker room basically. Like if that's very clear of a loss, or I lock... would not even the locker room lose the building, right? <laughs> Where the building, la- you know, loses trust in you, you know, less, maybe even less about the players. Obviously if the players turn on you, then it's bad news from there on, but don't, don't, don't lose the building. Like keep faith in the building that you guys are pushing this in the right direction. All right, let's turn to free agency. Now I know that's coming up a lot quicker than the draft and definitely a lot quicker than the start of next season. So, uh, let's touch on some of the veterans uh, that people are talking about. We talked about Saquon Barkley, obviously, but we've got a you know a number of other guys uh, with the big name, obviously being Xavier McKinney. But before we get to him, like just kind of if I I'm just going to throw out a few players here, a couple players at a time, and you let me know what you think about bringing them back or you know letting them go and move on. Tyrod Taylor, Matt Breida on offense, you know two veterans, two guys who have you know played important roles over the past couple of seasons. Where do you see them? And their future with the Giants. We just did our pending free agent episode that's coming out tomorrow, so this is all this is all fresh in my head. Tyrod Taylor would love to have him back. He's too injury prone to be a backup quarterback and a well paid backup quarterback. I mean, he gets injured every damn time he comes on the field. So I would let him walk. Matt Breed, I would bring him back on a minimum contract and have it as a contract that you can cut in training camp if you know if Eric Gray takes a step and then the, whatever running back you bring in to replace Saquon is ready to go. But I would at least bring, I would bring Breida in the camp. Tyrod, I would love to have back, but he's injury prone and going to want more money than I'm willing to pay him. And then Isaiah Simmons and Adoree Jackson on the defensive side. I mean, for me, I'm probably someone who's going to pass just because of the asking price that I'm kind of envisioning both of them having and what I'm comfortable paying them. I think that's what I said in our 
we did the same thing like maybe a couple weeks back and i think that's what i said but maybe i'm just switching up now but what do you think simmons is a walk for me regardless unless again unless he wants to be inside linebacker number four and a, and a special teams player uh but it'll be interesting to see what he gets because he hasn't pr- proven to be a starting linebacker in the nfl but do our teams are people still in love with that talent that he has but with wink gone it just doesn't make sense like he was a gadget player under wink and we're just not going to have that role going forward and adore I wouldn't. I think he's had his worst year of his career, you know, his, and the numbers prove that. And I still think there's some good, maybe some good ball left. But he he's another guy. He misses games every every single year. He's missed games every year since 2018. Um, and again, corners drop off. So I just don't think if hey, is there maybe some type of contract that works where it's you know seven mil per year and five million guaranteed, like Rasul Douglas or Patrick Peterson. Yeah, but I also I think I would rather go for the replacements like Sean Murphy Bundick out of Tennessee, who signed a one year, three and a half million dollar contract with them last year. I, I would probably look to spend that that money elsewhere instead of an aging corner in a Dory. And just just finishing it out here, obviously the big name, Mr. Iron Man. We're talking about a lot of injury prone players before this, but Xavier McKinney played every game this season or every snap this season, I should say. Um, obviously last season had the incident, which we won't talk about right now that, uh, put him out a few weeks, but what would you say? I mean, there's rumors. We hinted at this earlier transition tag. Maybe is that a negotiating tactic that they leaked out? What do you think about Xavier McKinney and his future at the Giants? I think McKinney should be back. I don't, I think the Giants need to make a way for him to be back. We went and broke down some safety contracts. Uh, I would try and get him in at something around 14 million per year. I think that's reasonable for both sides. But I actually think Xavier McKinney's sides maybe not be as reasonable as the Giants would like him to be. I would take it up to the da- the tag deadline. And my last-minute offer would be four-year $64 million, which is 16 per year. It's what Jesse Bates got last offseason. Obviously, he's not as good as Jesse Bates. But with the inflation of cap, that's kind of how this works. And it's not it's not the make of Fitzpatrick, Derwin, James, 18, 19 a million-year contracts. That would be my last offer. Uh, because he's 24 years old. He doesn't have any limitations as a player. This is not a Landon Collins situation where he's limited to one role and he's bad in coverage. Uh, and if they're not willing to take that, which I think they would be stupid to not take that, I would actually use that transition tag because that means they're being cutthroat and I'm not worried about being cutthroat back and ruining some of your negotiations uh, because that is a more than fair offer for Xavier McKinney and he should take that. But I would try and get something less than that, and that would probably be my my last my last second before the tag. Like, will you take this deal? So we're talking about New York Giants pending free agents. Uh, I feel like we have to range out into the NFL. You know, go a little broad. Are there any free agents from other teams that you sure. could see the Giants bring in? Michael and Wayne, the Patriots' offensive lineman, is the one that pops out to everybody. Uh, which is, you know, he could come in and be a great right guard. And if you need him to go out and play right tackle, if Evan Neal's bad, he's got a lot of experience playing the tackle position too. Uh, but I, free agency is, I don't dive into free agency before too much. I'd like to react to it because, you know, we're going to be working like crazy, getting breakdowns and stuff on them. Uh, so I just kind of have an idea of what I want and necessarily, not necessarily player. I, I want to spend on offensive line. Right now, if they didn't sign anybody in the offensive line, Josh Zudu and Marcus McKeithen would be their starting guards right now. Uh, I think you have to go out and get at least one starter 
and free agency. And I don't think it'd be crazy to go out and get two. And I also think Ben Bredesen should be back as a backup. I think that should be a priority for the Giants to spend money on their depth of their offensive line too. Uh, but go, I don't have all the names for you, but guard is where I would want to go and invest in free agents, uh, free agency. If hey, if some team, if you're not willing to get, you know, get one of the top five average annual value guards out there, then then maybe a luxurious need from Kansas City makes sense, right? And then you can replace Adore with a, uh, you know, someone who's playing at the top of his game, and then pair that guy with Deontay Banks, and you got a nice cornerback duo. But in real guard is where I, I have my my wants for the Giants to come out of free agency with. Yeah. And Mark Lewinsky, very likely to be cut, obviously, this offseason. Yeah, yeah, I, I, sorry. I, I didn't yeah, I, I know, I just want to mention it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, the one other name I'm just going to throw out there, not that I think the Giants are going to go out there, or really anybody does, but I think a lot of fans on Twitter are excited about this. I'll bring up his name. Mike Evans, it looks like something's not really going to work out with Tampa. Would you be willing to go at him with the big offer as you know the next big weapon for the Giants? No, I don't think the Mike Evans is awesome, but I, I the Giants aren't on the spot to be giving big money to aging players. Agreed. You know yes. we're we're Jeez. we're not we're not in a Super Bowl window right now. Hopefully, we could get to it. Uh so if we were in a Super Bowl window, yeah, but the Giants aren't in that position. You know, there's a good chance we're taking wide receiver in the draft with the first round too. I think there's a ton of second wide, round wide receiver. This is my favorite wide receiver draft class. Now, I love the trio of Smith, Waddle, and Chase, right? Like, uh, Chase is maybe my favorite guy to come out. But when you look at Marvin Harrison Jr., Malik Neighbors, I love Brian Thomas Jr. And then you, you see the guys that are projected to go in the second round, like a guy like Xavier Worthy of Texas. I think that guy can be a wide receiver one in the NFL. Uh, so I, I wouldn't be throwing money uh, at, at, at a Mike Evans. Yeah, I don't know. Just last thing that like popped in my head because we're doing wide receivers as our next position group. I completely forgot that. Um, Jalen Hyatt won the Bletchkoff Award for best wide receiver in the nation last year. Like, because Marvin Harrison won it this year, and I saw that uh, for him, I was like, "Wow, was Hyatt last year? Like, that's crazy." I mean, like, he's on the Giants, and yeah, we barely see anything out of him last year. So, we'll hope, hopefully, that uh, that blossoms into into more this upcoming season. But yeah, yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens with Hyatt because we talked about like they could take a wide receiver at six. And then Hyatt's in a really weird position because Darius Slayton's better than him right now. And yeah, Hyatt creates the explosives, right? Like he's faster than anybody on the team. He's better at getting down the field than anybody on the team. But Slayton's also pretty damn good at that too and created more explosives than Hyatt this past year as a more complete player that like, what happens with that Jalen Hyatt, you know, investment if he's just not a starter, right? Because he's not going to start in the slot over Wandale. Uh, it'd be, it'd be a, just a very interesting situation for for Hyde and the Giants. Alex, any response to that? Because I know you know you're a Darius Slayton fanboy. Love Darius Slayton. Um, <laughs> I mean, have. yeah, yeah. I mean, Wandale, you know, has dealt with injuries. I you thing is, our wide receiver group has always been, um, you know, injury prone. I should say. So until um, last year, which is funny because they have all those like capable wide receivers in camp. It's like, well, you know, like we're like. You know, when Sterling Shepard was brought back, we did like our 53-man episode. It's like, yeah, it's the minimum, but what is his role on this team? Because we talked about all the wide receivers. Like, he's not a returner. He's like the sixth guy on the depth chart. Like, what is his role? But our talking point is like, well, 
don't worry, our wide receiver room's injury prone and it ends up figuring itself out. This was the one year where we had Jameis, we had to cut Jamison Crowder, who would have been a starter the year before, and we have no, you know, no injuries. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Jalen Hyde is gonna get his opportunity, but yeah, I, I don't know exactly. It's just a weird role for a guy yeah. who's and he's got never gonna be a number one he receiver. Has. He's always gonna be a guy that, you know, is gonna be that deep downhill downfield threat. He is a Marquez Valdez Scantling kind of, you know, I think. Yeah, hopefully outlook. he can get some more, more complete, like add some, you know, more, make his game a little more well-rounded. But he always, he's always going to have a role because, man, that dude can fucking run faster than anybody I've, I've seen. Like, you, you you think, like, it's funny when we talk about it. It's like, yeah, man, he just kind of runs past people. Obviously, we're like, that's not going to happen in the NFL. It's like, no, that does happen in the NFL. He can simply just run past everybody on the field. Uh, free agency, the senior bowl, the draft, Saquon Barkley, et cetera, dealing with my net slander, all of the above. Uh, Talking Giants co-host, also on the John Boy Media NFL content, at Bobby Skinner underscore on Twitter. Bobby, thank you so much for taking the time with us. We really appreciate it. We will see you, I'm sure, over the summer, if not talk again on here before uh, during, you know, free agency and draft coverage. Are you guys coming to the uh, the Dexter Lawrence LPG softball game? When is that? <laughs> it's in, I think it's in like the middle of May. I'll be home. Alex, you won't Possibly. be home. Go get your tickets. They're available now. Go yeah. to LPG's Twitter and, and get your tickets. I already got my whoa, tickets. Whoa, whoa. Um, is it is it yeah. Jersey or it's in the city? I don't think it's either. I think it's in like some minor state. league stadium in, in New York. Yeah. Hold on, upstate, I started my is email. That upstate or is that just well? I looked like, at my looked at I looked at my okay. You know my my uh, bank statement. Old best I page. Like, I was like I was like yeah. hundred ten bucks for a minor league <laughs> baseball team, and then what did um, you say it was Alex? It's somewhere near Albany, I believe. Oh, near like maybe all south. Oh, is it, it's really that high? That is north. Yeah, I thought maybe I'm maybe Where do the New York Holders play? I've That's, never heard of them in my life. That that isn't aren't they in the same league as the Jackals? This is a great end of interview. Uh, yeah, I, I need yeah. to find this out because you guys have New, me like New York. What are they called? The Boulders? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to like question you, but you brought it up. So, <laughs> well, no, I need I need to know where this is. Lower Hudson Valley in northern New Jersey. Oh, so it is. Wait, wait. New York Boulders baseball. Oh no, it's so it is in like, Jersey. Um, no, it's, it's not. 40 it's forty miles in New York. north of New York City. Oh. Alex, I think the it's Boulders in were in the are in the same league as the the New Jersey Jackals. I uh, believe. Okay. Yeah, their stadiums. Uh, Pomona or Pomona. Yeah, it's like probably Pomona, like 20 minutes north of the Jersey border. So okay. it's right. So it's, it's, it's not that far upstate. Yeah, yeah I mean, I don't, why not? Let's yeah, do it. You guys go. got to do that. It's not even my game. I'm promoting it. I need you guys. I need you guys there. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> good. Love to see. All right, Bobby. Thanks so much for taking the time, though. Seriously, man. Appreciate it. Of course. See you guys.